back. I mean, we're back. It's your good friend A.A. Ron. And we are in... Hold on a second. Look at something real fast. Interesting. We are in Lamentations chapter 3. Lamentations chapter 3. Hope through God's mercy. It's 12.30 in the morning. It's lovely. August 23rd. Yes, hope through God's mercy. Once again, we talked about mercy yesterday. It's withholding what we deserve. Yeah, so we deserve punishment, death, destruction, hell. For the, our sin that was transferred to us from birth through our great 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 grandfather Adam, and so, but God poured out His mercy on us through Jesus, showed us His mercy. He took the sin, the all on Him. He took the penalty by hanging on that cross. All that sin, all of our sin, was nailed to the cross. So he showed us mercy. Withhold, he withheld the punishment. God withheld the punishment that belonged to us. And he poured out his grace, which is unmerited favor, blessings, eternal life through Jesus. So hope through God's mercy. That's a heading for this. Aleph or Aleph. That's the first letter. I'm not going to say these uh, headings anymore. Uh, But so we're going to see it. Verse one. I am the man who has seen affliction. Under the rod of God's wrath, he has driven me away and forced me to walk in darkness instead of light. Yes, he repeatedly turns his hand against me all day long. Hmm. He has sworn away my flesh and skin. He has broken my bones. He has laid siege against me, encircling me with bitterness and hardship. He has made me dwell in darkness like those who have been dead for ages. He has walled me in so I cannot get out. He has weighed me down with chains. Even when I cry out and plead for help, he blocks out my prayer. He has walled in my ways with blocks of stone. He has made my paths crooked. Verse 10. He is a bear waiting in ambush, a lion in hiding. He forced me off my way and tore me to pieces. He left me desolate and strung his bow and set me as the target for his arrow. He pierced my kidneys with shafts from his quiver. Why is the imagery here is very reminiscent of Jesus? Is piercing inside. I am a laughing stock to all my people, mocked by their songs all day long. He filled me with bitterness, satiated me with wormwood. He grounded my he ground my teeth with gravel and made me cower in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. Then I thought my future is lost, as well as my hope from the Lord. 
Remember my affliction and my homelessness. The wormwood and the poison, I continually remember them and have become depressed. Yet I call this to mind and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we do not perish, for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. It's mm. another good prayer verse. Prayer verses. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for salvation from the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke while he is still young. Mm, yes, Lord, we thank you to put on your yoke. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Let him sit alone and be silent, for God has disciplined him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. Perhaps there is still hope. Let him offer his cheek to the one who would strike him. Let him be filled with disgrace. For the Lord will not reject us forever. Even he causes suffering. He will show compassion. Even sorry, my even if he causes suffering, he will show compassion. According to the abundance of his faithful love, that was that faithful love phrase. For he does not enjoy bringing affliction or suffering on mankind. Verse 34, crushing all the prisoners of the land beneath one's feet, denying justice to a man in the presence of the Most High, or subverting a person in his lawsuit, the Lord does not approve of these things. Men, who is there? My bad. Who is there who speaks and it happens unless the Lord has ordained it? Do not both adversity and good come from the mouth of the Most High? Do not both adversity and good come from the mouth of the Most High? Why should any living person um, complain, any man, because of the punishment for his sins? <laughs> Cue, I will complain music. I have some good days. I have some hills to climb. <laughs> I've had some weary days. And some sleepless nights. Don't let Candy listen to this. I mean, Dulce listen to this recording. She doesn't like when I. She didn't like when I sung that song. But when I look around and look, think my life over, all of my good days outweigh my. Weary days, I won't complain. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, help me. Why should any living person complain, any man, because of the punishment for his sins? Yes, any man, because of the punishment for his sins? Why should any living person complain? 
I won't complain. Bam. Verse 40. Let us examine and probe our ways and turn back to the Lord. Let us lift up our hearts and our hands to God in heaven. We have sinned and rebelled. You have not forgiven. Mm. Verse 43. You have covered yourself in anger and pursued us. You have killed without compassion. You have covered yourself with a cloud so that no prayer can get through. You have made us disgusting filth among the peoples. All our enemies open their mouths against us. We have experienced panic and pitfall, devastation and destruction. My eyes flow with streams of tears because of the destruction of my dear people. Mm. My eyes overflow unceasingly without end until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees my eyes bring me sees. Yes, until the Lord looks down from heaven and sees. My eyes bring me grief because of the fate of all the women in my city. For no reason, my enemies hunted me like a bird. They smothered my life in a pit and threw stones on me. Water flooded over my head. I thought, I'm going to die. I called on your name, Lord, from the depths of the pit. You heard my plea. You heard my plea. Do not ignore my cry for relief. You came near whenever I called you. You said, do not be afraid. You championed my cause, Lord. You redeemed my life, Lord. You saw the wrong done to me. Judge my case. You saw all their vengefulness, all their plots against me. Lord, you heard their insults, all their plots against me. The slander and murmuring of my opponents attack me all day long. When they sit and when they rise, look, I am mocked by their songs. You will pay them back what they deserve, Lord, according to the work of their hands. You will give them a heart filled with anguish. May your curse be on them. You will pursue them in anger and destroy them under your heavens. Every time I hear that word anguish, I think of David Wilkerson. He has... One of his most trembling, powerful sermons he ever gave was called A Call to Anguish. And Joker, thank you. Really question how serious of a Christian you are. All right. Let's read these Tony Evans notes. In addition to the pain of witnessing Jerusalem's destruction, in addition to the pain of witnessing Jerusalem's destruction, Jeremiah had physical and emotional scars from decades of prophetic ministry to people who'd refused to listen. Mm. Physical and emotional scars. Mm. Scars. Mm. Scars are very significant throughout the Bible. Paul had scars. Just about every person in the Bible who followed Jesus or followed God on some level in their life bore physical scars or emotional scars 
or both. Following Jesus doesn't always isn't always hunky dory. You're going to experience some scars. Well, they're emotional, hopefully not physical, but you may have to endure. There's this guy, this black dude, I can't remember his name, but he runs around. He's been sidelined for a while because I think something happened to his ankle or leg. I don't know. He's in a cast and on a scooter. But he runs all around Kansas City and wears this cape. Like He's like the black Superman, and he has Jesus. He puts Jesus it's like written all over him. And he goes around witnessing to folks. And one day he posted the number of people he's um, seen come to Christ. And then, like, the number of times he's been thrown in jail. Like, what did you get thrown in jail for? Um, and then the number of times he's been stabbed. I was like, stabbed? You've been stabbed? Oh, heck you know. <laughs> I was like, Lord, please. No, I had, like, when I'm out here witnessing the folks, man, yeah, when you put it on my heart, it's hard enough for me to just approach some random teenagers that I feel on my heart to tell about Jesus. This dude is out here radically, like, sometimes I look at my life, I'm like, man, it's like a whole nother level of radicalness that I have not even reached. And it's just like, God... I don't know, there's this part of me, my flesh just wants to play it safe at all times. Like, I don't want to be, have to endure some of the things that you read about in these, like, Voice of the Martyr magazines. Like, go read them. This one dude, he was trying to transport Bibles somewhere over in Africa, I believe. And the only way he could, like, get to where he was trying to go without being captured or whatever was to hide in some coffins with dead bodies, I was like, oh, heck, you know, that dude is going to get a special crown in heaven. <laughs> like, God, I don't know how people do it, man. But there's people out here, like, for real. Or oh, the story about there's this woman, I can't remember her name. I wish I did. She was an evangelist, and she got, she felt God told her to move into this, like, super horrible neighborhood with these gang bankers and uh the when she first moved in they terrorized her and like when she was gone they smeared poop all over her house and then but she decided to stay and she, she wasn't married or anything she was a single woman and uh the gang, and when she stayed, the gangsters said we're, we're cool with her afterward because they were like, most of these do-gooders that come in our neighborhoods, they they come in and they yeah they talk a certain talk, but they they ain't about about it. Like they ain't for real here. They don't really care about us. They just here like to look good and just show people that they're good Samaritans, but they ain't like for real. Their heart is not really in this. So we had to test you. We had to try you out. We had to initiate you. And from that point on, any other, like, all the gang members knew not to mess with her house, to not mess her. She was protected. And she said that if she was married, that she doesn't think her husband would have been able to handle that. He would have probably ran and left. 
he would or try to convince her to move, you know, to get away from all that. I was like, wow, interesting. Like, I wrestle with stuff like that in my heart. Like, God, can I just, can I just have like a safe, live my little safe Christian life, you know? You wouldn't really call me to, yeah, we get the, I, I sometimes like, God, please don't call me to no hood in the ghetto or to no, like, somewhere in the middle of nowhere, Africa, where people getting their heads chopped off from being a Christian. And I was like, Lord, I just got to surrender that all to you. Like, I got to surrender it all to you, that attitude. God knows you. He made you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And as long as you just keep saying yes in the little things, like he'll help you say yes in the big things when that time comes. And um, at the end of the day, no matter what we endure for the sake of the cross, for spreading the gospel, that it's worth it. Our Jeremiah's depression brings us to the low point of the book, but it also leads us to a springboard for Jeremiah's great testimony of God's faithfulness. See verses 21 through 23. In verse 18, Jeremiah confessed that his hope was lost, but in verse 21, he declares, I have hope. So where did he find hope in the midst of his affliction? Hope actually returned when he took control of his mind and turned his thoughts in a Godward direction. I call this to mind because of the Lord's faithful love. We do not perish for his mercies never end. They are new every morning. So while the prophet didn't deny his pain, yet he was assured that despair never has the last word when God is our hope. God could be merciful even in Jeremiah's day because he knew what he would do through his son. Jesus Christ satisfied God's satisfied God's wrath against sin so that he can deal with us in mercy, which is exactly what we need. When you're guilty, throw yourself on his mercy. All of us are guilty. All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. That's some of my old song from my childhood. Don't know where it came from. God's mercies are real, but they are only mine if I appropriate them. As Jeremiah did, remember, remember, putting your hope in God isn't passive, it's active. Amen to that. Those who hope in God, wait for him, seek him, and receive his discipline willingly. Jeremiah knew of God's covenant love. He knew God would not reject his people forever. Though God causes suffering if necessary, he will show compassion according to the abundance of his faithful love. God did not improve, approve of the injustices of the Babylonians, but he used them for his purposes to punish his people for their sins. God's people are to hope in his mercy by examining their ways, confessing their sins, and turning back to him. 
Jeremiah's reference to being tossed in a pit by his enemies and almost drowning acknowledges a low point of his life, the moment he thought he would die. But when he called on the Lord from its depths, God answered. There goes that but word, my favorite word in the Bible. One of my favorite words. But. But God. All right. We're going to go ahead and since I still got some energy, I'm going to go ahead and read chapter four and chapter five and finish up Lamentations, y'all. Fragmentation. Oh, 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 oh. Fragmentation. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned or missed the mark or veered off the path and fallen short of the glory of God or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5a says, But God demonstrated his love toward us or showed his love toward us in that while we were still yet sinners, Jesus Christ died for us. Romans 10 verse 9 through 10 says that if we will confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, we will not might be, not maybe, we will be saved. For with our hearts we believe we are now in right standing with God, and with our mouths we confess that we are now saved. Lastly, Romans 10 verse 13 says that whosoever, anybody, everybody, who calls upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. So if you never asked Jesus into your heart, or you've walked away from him, and you would like to rededicate your life to him, you can just simply say, Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sin deserves to be punished. I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for me and rose from the grave. I want to turn from my sin and trust Jesus Christ alone as my Savior. Thank you for the forgiveness and everlasting life I can now have through faith in Jesus. In Jesus' mighty, precious name I pray. Amen.